Welcome to Just a Parishioner. I'm Loren Zaragoza. I'm Sean Greeley. Thank you for downloading today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to these episodes. Uh, they're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sean, we are in episode three right now, and that means that we went two episodes without talking about the artist for our intro and our outro, and that's on that's on me completely. We are so sorry, Tom Young. Tom Young. So uh, if you've been listening to the episodes, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, um, there's been a really good song, intro and outro, uh, by Tom Young. You know, he's a, he's a mutual friend of ours uh, with, with another friend down in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, but I reached out to Tom, asked, asked him if it was all right if we use these, his song, because I think it was perfect to bring in. Um, it's called Counting Up My Sins by Tom Young, so definitely check it out. He's having another baby? Yeah, his wife's pregnant. Or at least last time I saw her, she was pregnant. Awesome. So um, he's an awesome guy, awesome music, awesome blossom. So Hell of a whitewater rafter, too. <laughs> that is. He'll get that inside joke. You won't as a listener, but let's move on. Uh, we have a great show for you today. Today we will be talking about our relationships with Jesus, um, an obligation versus a friendship. So uh, what do we mean by that, Sean? I think, well, and we'll get more into it with the episode, but I think that most people can kind of relate to the idea of faith being a chore to some degree or something that's kind of uh, pushed on you by either your parents or your community or your church, however it comes up. And it can almost be very duty-driven versus, you know, something that you actually want to do. And uh, I think as Christians and as Catholics, it's always part of our development in our faith when we can actually grow in relationship and friendship with, with God as opposed to feeling like he's like a our master and we're his servant. Right, and, and, and we're going to talk more about it, but I think we're going to dive more into, is it something that we need to do internally? Is it something that the church needs to do when they're you know speaking their truths? A little bit of both. Hint, hint, I think it's a little bit of both, but we are going to dive into that. However, before we go into the topic, we'll, we're always doing what's called a parishioner profile. Uh, for any new listeners, what a parishioner profile is, is uh, every episode or almost every episode, we're going to bring, a, bring on a new parishioner and um, have that parishioner tell us their story. Um, again, everybody's story is going to be a little different. You as the listener, you may relate to my story, but not Sean's, vice versa, or our next guest, uh, and that is Jerry McKay. How are you, Jer? I'm great. How are you guys? Uh, we are awesome, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, before we jump into uh, Jerry's parishioner profile, um, if you think that there's somebody that would be great for people to listen to, definitely reach out to us on social media. You can reach us on Instagram at Just a Parishioner, or you can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Just a Parishioner. Um, if you don't have either, but you want to shoot us an email, um, you can shoot us an email at weareparishioners at gmail.com. Uh, in addition, definitely connect with us soon on social media because next episode, uh, we're going to be talking about a little giveaway that we're going to be doing. So look forward to that. Um, but again, Jerry, again, thank you for coming on. Um, we thought that this topic would be perfect for you to speak on. Um, the listeners will know why in a little. But before we go into your personal profile, um, where are you now? Uh, like, uh, what are you doing? What am I doing? Well, first of all, guys, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, Lorenz. Thank you, Sean. It's a great honor. It's exciting. I'm a little nervous, too. Well, you are the first guest that we've had. No on. pressure. No pressure no whatsoever. Pressure. Literally no pressure. <laughs> it can only go go up from here. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so we'll see where the bar falls here. Um, where am I now? So I am the uh, director of religious ed for the elementary students 
for Beach Catholic for, uh, Faith Formation. Um, Beach Catholic Faith Formation is uh, serves Our Lady of Miraculous Metal, uh, St. Mary of the Isle, and uh, St. Ignatius Mater Church here right. in Long Beach and Point Lookout on the Barrier Island. Right. And so uh, how long have you been in this role for? So this role I have been officially in for, let's say, four years. But I have worked uh, for 11 years now for, um, well, originally St. Mary of the Isle. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why, uh, you know, I wanted to bring that up is because there are some listeners who may say, listen, you're, the title of your podcast is Just a Parishioner. Jerry doesn't sound like just a parishioner, you know? She's True. working for the church. However, the reason, one of the big reasons why we wanted to have you on is, again, your faith journey of how you got to where you are today. Um, so, you know, there's there's no better place to start than Genesis in the beginning. That's right. Nailed sure. it. Yeah. Nailed or John, it. if you want to get specific. Um, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, so Jerry, technically, I am a parishioner of St. Mary of the Isles. Okay, so, right. so there, that, that's can, why. And have been for over 24 years. Exactly. So, so again, let's let's start from the beginning of your, your faith journey, Jer. All right, well, that starts before 24 years. So we got to go back a little bit further than that, as I am a little bit older than you wonderful young gentlemen. Right, and, and, um, uh, and as gentlemen, okay. we will never ask you how long that goes far nah, back. A little bit longer than 24 is only 29. That's true. <laughs> well, okay, so it, I grew up in Valley Stream, um, and I am a child of a, a very, I would say, religious, very Catholic family, very middle class. I had a brother, sister. And, uh, you know, mom, dad, just the whole package, you know, back in the day, we would say we were kind of like the Cunningham family. If you used to watch Happy Days or, you know, you guys probably don't no, know no. what that Happy is. Happy Days was one of my favorites. All right. All right. One of my right. favorites. My, my grandfather wore a leather jacket and I always thought of him as the Filipino Fonz. There you, know. you go. Hey. Well, my <laughs> parents like were more like the other parents, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like Richie's uh, parents. But anyway, grew up in a very Catholic middle-class family, um, you know, learned a lot about Catholicism in our own home from our parents. Um, did not go to Catholic school, surprisingly enough. That was a choice made more by my mother than my father. Um, he wanted us to go to Catholic school. Um, but I did go to public school. However, we did, of course, go to CCD. And I would say a fair amount of our teaching was done, as I said earlier, in, in the house. But we were definitely the Catholics that went to church every week. You know, come rain, come shine, snow. Um, went sometimes even on vacations. So, you know, it was, it was very important in our, in our household um, to, to go to church each week and to, to worship, which, which is great. But I think when I grew up, and we can talk more about this as we go on, but when I grew up, um, it was something that you always did. We were brought up as Catholics, so we went to church. You didn't question it. You didn't ask why. We just did. It was something we did every week. And I would say that went on like that for, you know, for many years. 
But as I got a little bit older, ironically, I did go to a Catholic college. Um, but along the way, I probably fell off a bit, like a lot of people do. And along with that, I um, started discover other, just to discover other things about myself. Um, I just wasn't always very strong in my decisions um, later in my life probably late teens, early 20s, made probably some bad choices, some, as I'm sure many people do along the way. And even more so, I, I battled, I had some dark periods where I battled um, an eating disorder. And um, I grappled mostly with bulimia. There was anorexia kind of intertwined with that. And it was really a very dark, deep secret that I kept for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And even though it was a, a sort of a dark period in my life, I still functioned as, an, as a regular person would. So I still had friends, I still went out, um, I still met the man that I would fall in love with and end up marrying. Um, but there was a presence that was suddenly missing and I believe I was more self-absorbed with myself than putting my love and focus into something better and higher. And for me, I think the difference was, or what made the difference um, in the future, was that I came to realize, although I used to go to church, I really didn't have a solid, good relationship with Jesus or God at the time. And I never really knew that, ironically, until I was going through pre-Cana. And back in those days, when you went through pre-Cana, pre you actually had to go into someone's house for a series of nights. Mm -hmm. It's a little different than the way they, I think, run it today. So you got to know the couple very well that you dealt with. And, uh, and you've, you heard their story. They heard some of your story. Of course, I never told them my dark secret. No one knew. No one knew. And it really was astonishing that I was able to hide it, I believe, from people for so very long. But I believe it was the church through pre-Cana that made me realize that if I didn't come to terms with telling the person that I was supposed to love for the rest of my life and commit to my, my husband, upcoming husband, uh, the truth that my marriage was going to fail. So they had said one night, to all the couples in the room that if you're hiding anything from the person that you're going to marry, you have to think long and hard right now and start developing and strengthening your relationship with Jesus so that you find the courage to get past or to work through whatever it is that you're hiding. And I had never until that point heard that term, relationship with Jesus. And I remember leaving there thinking, I'm going to marry someone and I've never told them this thing that I'm 
I'm consumed with in my life. And then I started thinking, what do you mean relationship with Jesus? Like in my life, it was always, you went to church because you had to. And, and the irony of this also is that I found comfort always in being at mass. I found comfort in, in going to church. I found comfort in learning about God, even in college. It was such a turning point in college to even learn more about my faith. But for some reason, I never had that connection. That, that, those words, relationship with Jesus, changed everything for me. And so I prayed. I really started to pray, like for the first time I feel like in my life, like an honest adult prayer and found the courage, I believe, through God to tell not only my husband-to-be, but my parents and my friends. And I feel like God led me to do that or helped me, gave me the strength to do that so that all the people that loved me in my life could now always watch out for me and make sure that I was treating myself correctly and doing the right things with my this wonderful life that God gave me. And so at that point, I think my relationship with God changed completely, completely. I, I mean, it just, <laughs> I, I didn't want to interrupt you at all. <laughs> I'm sorry if no, I was rambling, no, everyone. No, no, no. It, <laughs> it, it is the I mean, furthest thing from rambling. It, it, like my, my first takeaway, you know, is in, in my head, I, I finished your sentence with whatever, uh, whoever was leading Precana uh, was going to say, you know, I, I, I thought they were going to go down the route of, you know, if you want this healthy marriage, you need to. And in my head, it was, you know, let any secrets that you have come clean with your with your significant other, with which in essence, he or she did say to you, but there was a very important part in the middle. And that was, no, 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 first, you need to make sure that your relationship with Jesus is strong. Because if, if you ha if you have some inner demons or something big that you're battling right now, you know, we, we all need to address the fact that we, we can't do that without him. And, 100%. and that, I mean, that right there, that's, I mean, we want to talk about the, one of the main reasons why we need to have a relationship with Jesus just for our own lives here today. And, and you're, I mean, you're, you're living proof of it is, you know, without, without the relationship, we're, we're just not going to be strong enough to do it. Right. And I mean, it's so while you, while you were talking, I was like literally getting chills, just like thinking about like, what an intense moment or what a string of intense moments that must have been. And I was thinking about, you know, the topic that we're talking about, you know, relationship with Christ. And I'm like, we could talk about like 15 different topics just based on what we've heard so far. And uh, I mean, it all circles back to relationship with Christ and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I'm very curious to see like going out of that stage, where did, you know, your relationship with your now husband fall in the aftermath of that? And like, how did, growing uh, presumably in Christ together through that kind of work out for you guys like what what happened next and and or, and or your relationship with your family and friends too i mean like we can't i don't i don't want to like you're you're absolutely right Sean i'm curious about that but you know just every relation like because you said it perfectly it wasn't just 
you needed to, you know, open yourself up to your husband, but you took it a step further through the strength of Jesus, you know, and, and, and his grace and, and, and basically, you know, seeked help and, and comfort with, for every one of your loved ones, which is, um, you know, my short, my long, short way of saying, you know, continue, please. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone was kind of shocked and sort of like, you would, I think people's first reaction is, why? Why would you do that to yourself? Uh, you know, you're, you're outgoing, you're funny, you know, you're sometimes the life of the party. Most times. Most times. <laughs> you know, but I think even people who are outgoing and funny and put themselves out there they could be battling things too. You never know. In fact, many times it's probably more so the case, I would think. So um, it took a while for people to kind of understand, not so much my husband though. I mean, I think at first he was like, why? Well, then we're not going to do that anymore, you know? Um, And we're going to work really hard together to make sure that, you know, we we move forward from this. And so he was incredibly supportive, which was wonderful. My parents were incredibly supportive. Um, and my friends were too, you know, so I, it, it, it moved me forward and helped me get beyond it and helped me get to the point where we did get married and, you know, spent three years of wonderful honeymoon time and then started a family, you know, after that, um, within three years or so of getting married. And that really then, from that point, I knew I had to continue having God in my life because I was now bringing children into the picture. So maintaining my relationship with God and Jesus was even more important from that point on. So it just grew stronger, as time went on. But I don't want anybody to think that, um, I never would want anybody to think, obviously what I went through, there's maybe a mental issue component, you know, mental health issue component to it. So I, I don't want people to think that it's not important to seek other types of professional help should you need it. Of course. Um, that's super important as well. Um, but I will say that for me, my best mental help was through Christ. It really was. If I can sit in prayer, if I can sit in church and I can meditate and I can just have conversations with God, which I do a lot all the time. If people saw me driving in my car, they think I'm nuts, you know? Um, but that all is was very important to me. So I I just wanted to back up and and say that although God is so important in my life, I don't want to discount when people have mental health issues that they, you know, you may need to seek all you know other types of prof- professional help as well. Right. It's not one or the other. It's not no, one or the it's, other. Yes. It's if and and all you know and whatever works best for people. Right. But my main source of feeling better is through my relationship with Jesus. And I, I don't think, I mean, 
I know that there's a, there are some like um, Catholic psychologists who are trying to establish social media presences and things like that because strictly because faith is such a massive part of that healing process. You know, you can go and talk to a therapist. You can, you know, go go through whatever therapy is needed. You can take medications if needed. But Christ is the divine physician. That's one of his titles for a reason. And it's not just because he healed, you know, physically sick people in the Bible. It's because he is there to make peace in your life. And that includes any kind of mental health. And like you said, I mean, the whole point of therapy is to develop a relationship of trust and that you can, you know, release your quote unquote inner demons or struggles or whatever it is to the person you're talking to. And if you're able to do that with Christ, that's the, the, the best, sing, the singular best source that you can release that to, you know, I mean, as Catholics, we have confession for that reason, but um, I think that like your whole point of developing a relationship with Christ, that's a massive, massive part of it. If it's just having that relationship of trust with him, and being able to, to share in that healing together with him, just like you would any kind of good friend. Absolutely. And I think growing up, what was different in the time of my parents, if we're talking duty or obligation versus growing this, this new idea of a relationship, my parents just, they didn't know and I don't fault them for it. They didn't know to cultivate it or pre well present and then cultivate my faith as a relationship. They presented it to me the way they grew up. And so I don't fault them for that at all, but what a revelation it was to really understand the difference. I mean, the minute those words were said to me, relationship with Jesus, I was like, I could have a friendship with Jesus? Like, and maybe in my CCD books back in the 70s and 80s when, you know, everything was so groovy, it might have said stuff like that in there, but I don't remember reading it. I don't. And even when I went to college and I went to a Catholic college, I don't remember any of my professors in my theology classes presenting it that way either. So hearing that then, and, and that was in the 90s when I heard this term, it just really changed everything for me. For me. And it, I think it did help me become a better mother. And listen, I make mistakes all the time as a mom, 100%. Um, you're bound to make mistakes as parents and it does not have any effect on what kind of relationship you have with God, or maybe it does, but I still do think that, um, having that relationship and that closeness, closeness with Jesus does help me make better choices as a parent, be calmer as a parent, think things through better as a parent. Um, and, and, and has helped me in my life. Um, you know, I had a series of different jobs, of course, along the way. And then ultimately, yes, I landed at the church. Um, you know, landed there first as a catechist, just helping out on the side, then became the last DREs or two DREs ago, um, secretary, you know, and then it just grew from there and opportunities arose for me to grow more into this, you know, position that I have now um, with the church. 
But I do think it's ironic that I ended up on that path. Or maybe it's not. It, maybe it was always meant to be that way. And because I found this relationship with Jesus, it what it's what drove me to my final, you know, career. Right. And that's something that we definitely want to dive more uh, into when, you know, when we dive into the topic, because I want to get your perspective on how you take, you know, your own, you know, personal story of faith uh, and, and spread that to kids essentially, because like you said, it's a, it's a completely different mindset than when our parents, you know, were raising us. Um, I don't know if Vatican II had anything to do with that. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. But... I don't know what life was like before 1960, but um, <laughs> it, it might have been just as bad you know, yeah. not, as far as all that stuff goes. But then you got a lot of people pushing it like the complete wrong way, sure. like with a Jesus, a hippie Jesus and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. too. So, right, there's a, there's a, there's definitely a healthy balance b- between it because, you know, and again, we'll talk more about it in a little bit, but, you know, there's, we need to we can't discredit the the facts we you can't discredit knowing our prayers and all that stuff no you have to have the basics yeah, right you have basics. to know the background about your yeah. your faith so right. that all of that is important and parents should be involved in that and sadly where we've grown in some ways with talking about like moving towards saying hey kids you, you can be Jesus's friend. You right. should build your friendship with Jesus. We've moved away in other ways from learning the basics or right. parents teaching their children the basics. So, so once again, it's there has a, to a be a medium. happy medium. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's something I wanted to ask you. Like I said, I have a dozen questions for you, but I want to stick with like the things that the story you've moved forward with. So number one, um, something that came to mind is just like. Obviously, you had this experience going through pre-Cana and preparing for marriage, and then, like you said, a few years into marriage, having kids. As your kids got older, were there ways that you tried to, you know, purposefully instill the the idea of friendship with God with them, as opposed to just bringing them to church or just teaching them the Our Father, Hail Mary, all the all the basics? And then, I, I have a follow-up question, but I'm gonna give you a chance to answer that. Okay, I think so. Yes, I mean, maybe my children might have a different perspective on it, but I, I feel like with my own children, I I definitely did and, and do still bring them um, to church, although they're more adults kind of now, sure. or at least they keep reminding me that they yeah. are. And your kids are all out of college or in college. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, yes, I definitely did not just teach them their prayers and take them to church. I think when things came up in life and choices that they had to make or things that happened on the street, playing playing manhunt, as we were joking about earlier before we started the podcast, you know, if somebody's feelings were hurt, you know, maybe a discussion did lead more to, well, you know, how, how would you feel if you did that to someone and, you know, how do you think, you know, when you do that to, to that person, to your friend, you're not only hurting them, you're hurting, you know, your friendship with God because you're doing something wrong. And when, you, you know, what, with my children, the way I always presented, like, let's say the idea of sin, I would always say when you, when you sin, and I, I tell the children this now, you know, with uh, religious ed classes, when you sin, it's as simple as telling a child, 
it's something that you do wrong on purpose. A sin is something you do wrong on purpose. Mm. You, you're doing it wrong, you know it's wrong, and you do it anyway. That's, that's as easy as it should be told to a child. Right. Which is funny because when I used to work in college ministry, that's exactly what I tell the college students to. <laughs> See that? Yeah, you're you, making you a them choice. Children? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I so, hope never listening. Yeah, so I, I think <laughs> I think I did bring those things to my children and and then explain to them, you know, part of it is that you you have this friendship with God. So you're not only hurting your 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 friendship with the person maybe that you're offending or hurting, but you're hurting you're hurting this friendship or relationship if they were old enough to understand with with Jesus. So now you have to make it right on on in two places. Right. You know? So I, I yes, I think I did try to bring it to them as, mm-hmm. as much as I can. I know Sean has a follow up question, okay. but I just wanted to comment on how uh, you know, this is a great full circle parishioner profile, just taking your story from the beginning and then just really wrapping it up to how you take, you know, how you grew up and, and the difficulties you had and, and just, you know, I know our kids are going to make mistakes. It's going to happen, but trying to help them along the way, saying that they're not alone with it. But, um, Sean, you had a follow-up question. Yeah. And this is more, maybe a little bit more abstract to some degree, but like when I was growing up, I played CYO basketball mm-hmm. and I had a coach who tried to make it as much about developing the moral character of the guys on the team as it was actually learning to play basketball and, and competing. Um, and I remember my dad was an assistant coach and he would always tell him, you know, we, we have these kids for an hour and a half twice a week for practice and then one hour for game day on Sundays after church. And yeah, that's a decent amount of time spent with them. And we can try to do as much as we can basketball-wise and morality-wise or character-wise with them as we can during that time period. But at the end of the day, they're going home and they're spending a majority of time in whatever their home environment is. And that goes for basketball and character. If they're not practicing, they're not going to get any better if they're not doing it on their own. And if they're not being taught or the expectation of their behavior isn't in line with what we're trying to teach them, it's just not going to happen. So you being in the position of, you know, director of religious education, having been in catechism for such a long time at this point, do you see that same kind of relationship with the kids in the CCD programs or or the catechism programs? Do you see, you know, uh, certain kids excelling as far as, you know, growing in their faith and certain kids kind of, not, not falling behind because it's not really measured in that same way as we would grades per se, but um, I don't know, what's what's your take on all of that, if, if any of that made sense to you? Yeah, I think it does a bit. So I definitely see some children who come and, yes, I don't know if excelling is it or, or it, the word or the word is that they they get it. And, and, and you can tell that it's probably because a lot of it is spoken about at home. So, but there's not a lot of children like that. So maybe those might be the children who are not only, you know, coming to religious ed, but they may be going to church or this year, maybe they're watching, you know, church online if they're not physically coming. Um, There are definitely children who have 
the understanding of that moral character too, to which you were speaking about. And then I think there are other children who are kind of just there, eager to listen and want to participate, maybe don't quite get it to the fullest because maybe it's not completely reinforced at home. So I think you see both. I think there are probably children who come and maybe not in this year because of COVID, but in past years, they might be parts of teams who have that kind of experience too, as you've had. Like, I know my sons, they, they both wrestled and they happen to be lucky enough to be in with some of the greatest coaches we could have ever wished for. And these gentlemen, it was not just about becoming a champion. It was about building your, your children into the best possible people they can be on and off the mat. So even though it was a sport, so much of what they were teaching my children, my boys, was so, so related to what our faith is, I believe. You know, and then fortunately they had me to reinforce their faith and try to, you know, keep the other part of that going. But I do see that back to your question. In, in religious ed, there's definitely children who get it quicker or practice it more mm -hmm. and some who don't. But they do all seem very eager. Mm -hmm. Like children are, they're, they're eager. And especially this year, the ones who are coming in person, man, they want to be there because of, I think it's the situation that we're in, but they are so happy to be there. Mm. And it's glorious. Honestly, for such a weird year, it's probably one of the best years we've had. And even for the children who are online, who are only doing online, um, especially with the younger ones, we are interacting, I'm interacting with them a lot on email, um, which is, which is super great too. So, and I'm interacting with parents because parents have more questions about the, the assignments that I'm sending home. Right. So that's been very refreshing as well. And, and I mean, it's going back to your point of, you know, you, you're with them for X amount of time, but it needs to, it needs to go back to the home right. also. Reinforcement. Um, we're going to talk more about this topic of obligation versus friendship. You know, we are, we're, we're already knee deep in this topic already. So we're going to talk <laughs> more about it. Um, and the question that I'm going to pose both of you, um, is what, uh, what would you say to somebody who's listening right now and saying, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Uh, can I get by with the obligation alone? I don't want to talk in my car like Jerry, crazy Jerry <laughs> over <laughs> here. Uh, you know, I like, I like, I don't, I don't want to want to ask for his friendship. I got plenty of friends here. Can't I just get by with my obligation? And, and I'm going to pose that question. And I'm curious to hear what both of your answers are. Uh, but before we do that, um, we talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it again. You talked about how important prayer was um, in regards to, you know, growing, especially when we had some inner demons and when you were fighting uh, and, and you had that uphill battle, Jerry, and how important prayer is. And Sean and I have spoken to you listeners about the, the Hallow app, right? Uh, that's H-A-L-L-O-W. It's an app you can download to your phone. Uh, there is a free version, uh, but you can get a, a, th a free three-month subscription, uh, premium subscription uh, trial um, if you just follow the link below. Uh, Sean, just really quick, uh, the Hallow app one more time for, uh, for listeners to hear. What's it all about? 
Yeah, it's so it's funny. Jerry was getting into a little bit how Jesus really helped her through the the mentally difficult times in her life, and I think Hallow really offers a great way to kind of exercise some of that because it's all about meditation through prayer. You know, you can pray with the daily gospels, you can pray with Lexio Divina, which is kind of silently praying over God's word in the scripture. There are litanies you can pray, you can pray the rosary, all of it guided by, you know, a voice through the app. So you can even just silently pray along and listen to it while you're driving, while you're working, while you're working out, whatever whatever it is that you do, um, or while you're sitting in the chapel. And uh, I don't know, I mean, for me, it's it's really just a great way to make prayer a part of my daily schedule because as soon as I pick up my phone in the morning, it's staring me in the face yeah. right there. So I would highly encourage everybody to give it a shot, even if you just have the free version. You don't even need the premium. You can get it on the code that we have in our, in our show notes here, but um, the free version too just carries a lot of weight with it and, and a lot of options for you to be able to pray. I mean, talking about seeming crazy to people outside, uh, we spoke about it a couple of episodes ago. I usually do the, the morning rosary on my drive in, but sometimes my drive is shorter than others, but I want to finish the rosary and people just watch me talk to myself in my car, but little did they know that I wasn't talking to myself alone. I was using the Hallow app, dot com. Check them out again, three months of the premium subscription in the show notes below uh, or in our Instagram bio at just a parishioner. All right. Um, so again, the question and Sean, I'm going to go to you first is, is this whole, can I get by with just this obligation? You know, I don't, I don't really want to have this friendship or seek out this friendship. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? First of all, great question. <laughs> Because I don't have an answer that immediately comes to mind, but something that does come to mind... I don't think there is an answer. I mean, that's the thing. I don't think that there is a right or wrong answer, um, but I, I, I'm curious what your perspective is yeah. on it. So, I think that... I think about... So, again, when I was in college ministry at the, the uh, campus that I worked at, our campus chaplain actually commissioned a piece of art to be painted by a local Catholic artist to be hung in the chapel that students can, you know, look at while they're praying in the chapel or at a master or wherever. And it was titled Christ the True Friend. And it was an image of, you know, a man being walked away from a dark cave that had a demonic figure in it. Mm -hmm. And there was kind of this stream of water flowing out of it. And Christ was, you know, had his hand on his back, guiding him away from the cave and, you know, looked like he was speaking with him. And it was always a, a pretty powerful idea and that comes from the Gospels, right? And, and it's a pretty powerful idea because you can be a lukewarm Catholic and just choose to, even if you're, you know, obligated enough to Christ that you're going to Mass every Sunday and maybe even going to an extra event that your parish holds now and again. But if you're not committing yourself in prayer and, as we're talking about, in friendship to Christ, you're missing out on the whole point. That's really it. I mean... Christ wants to be the most intimate part of your life. He wants to, not even, not even just to be the most intimate part of your life. He wants to draw you into his life. He wants to make you a new person. And you can participate in that kind of like, it's like the next evolution of humanity is becoming little Christs ourselves. And that's what he wants for us. And we do that by imitating him. And we learn how to do that by becoming really personal friends with him. 
Jerry, that, I'm sorry for putting you in the position. I know. Wow. Okay. But I'm glad you kind of... <laughs> so, so I, yeah. I, I had some thoughts swirling in my head when you first asked it. And yeah. I kind of like... Sean took all the answers. I know. <laughs> I, I like the image of leading away from the dark cave because I will speak to that as well. I was going to say, I think that... Jesus will meet you where you are at, at any point in your life. So if you're not ready for it now, he will always be there for you. However, what I am going to now speak to is, obviously I'm older, as we said, than all of you. So along the way, yeah, I had this one dark period in my life, but yeah, the rest of my life now I will give it out. I am 53 years old. So, you know, I have this whole whole other half of my life. And, you know, when you get married, you have children, you know, you have family, you have parents, you're sandwiched between parents, you have jobs, you lose jobs, people die in your life. So, you know, in your life, you're going to suffer and celebrate You'll celebrate peaks and suffer valleys. Well, peaks are awesome and they're easy because that's marriage, that's babies, that's baptisms, that's parties, that's fun. It's God's graces, you know, put out there for all of us to see. They're amazing. They're easy. Those are the easy things in life. Valleys are tough. And, and, and it might be somewhat cliche to say, oh, there's peaks and valleys, but it's true. When you hit those valleys and your parents start dying and you're in your 40s or 50s and, you know, or your mother has dementia or um, someone loses a job and it's a primary income and it lasts for a period of time and kids are going to college. These are tough times, you know, and I think Again, if you keep Jesus in your heart, and again, yes, I think he'll meet you wherever you are. Um, I guess it's so it, it is okay to be a lukewarm Catholic. It's probably not ideal, but again, he's willing to take you where you're ready to be with him from, right? But when you're in a valley and things are dark, you're going to call for him. You're going to. And if you don't, what you are faced with is that black hole. And, and I have witnessed, I had someone in my family who would never meet Jesus anywhere in her life. And honestly, what I witnessed there was complete, and utter despair, and it was a black hole. And so he'll take you wherever you want him or wherever you need him, but he does want to be there at every part of your life. It, it will be most fulfilling for you, for all of us, if you allow him into your heart at all times of, of your life but you will need him in the times of those valleys. I, I think that there are very few things in our life where this statement doesn't apply. You get what you give. Mm. 
right? A hundred percent. And that's that's what I'm getting from both of you. It's like oh, you can you can half a this whole uh, you know Catholic thing, but you get what you give. I mean, I mean, going back to to the athlete, right? If you're not, if you're not going to practice now, again, there are people with just God given talents, but at a certain level, if you don't practice. You know, you're not. You're just not going to be as great as you can be um, with relationships. Your marriage. Correct. You know, if if you don't, if you're not willing to give, you're not going to get the the most out of your marriage. So I mean, the same. I think what you're both saying is it's the same with our faith. You know, you, you get what you give. Exactly, and and just keep in mind that when you hit those periods, I think people in general probably become very good. I always say, you know. When crazy things happen, okay, just take it up, wrap it up, put it on a shelf. We'll deal with that later. We'll deal with that later. We'll deal with that later. Right. Just wrap my stuff, you could insert another word, <laughs> and put it up on a shelf. But when that stuff starts falling off the shelf, you, you're going to need him. And so... That's, I think that's what we all really have to keep in mind. Yeah, and and again, this isn't, <laughs> those those who are listening, this is just a parishioner. You're talking, you're listening to three parishioners. Just last week, I had to do some self-reflection. And again, like, I'm doing a Catholic podcast, so in, in one thing, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm doing something right. But just last week, you know, it, it creeps into my mind. Am I giving enough into my faith? I, I think... If we're not asking that question, again, look two episodes ago to episode one that we were talking about. If you're not looking to level up and if you're not asking yourself, are you giving everything that you have into your faith, we, we may be doing something wrong mm-hmm. at that point. I have, I have two images that came, not images, but kind of uh, comparisons that came into my head that, that maybe would be helpful for anybody listening. I don't know. I, I think it's helpful for me. Um, as far as friendship with Christ goes, right? Like we're such a social media culture now and you think about like Facebook and I, I mean, very honestly, I'm reminded by Facebook that of a lot of people's birthdays and I think about like the people that I never talk to, but once a year I'll write on their Facebook wall, happy birthday because you know, I, I, I feel like it's an obligation to almost, I was, it was a notification and whatever, I'll do it. Um, that's almost like being somebody who goes to mass once a year on Christmas, like, Oh, happy birthday, Jesus. Hope everything's been good. I'll see you in 12 months, you know, (laughs) HBD 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 on Jesus's wall. Or maybe you'll do also what I do sometimes is, wow, I haven't talked to this person in a year. Maybe I'll just unfriend them on Facebook. (laughs) Granted, I do it sometimes. I'm not going to lie, but maybe people do that with Jesus too. Be like, that's why I don't see any of your posts. (laughs) Also, if you're listening and you're like, I could have sworn that I was Facebook friends with Sean Greeley. Guess what? He just unfriended you, so... Maybe we should talk more. (laughs) (laughs) That's on you. Um, And I'll say, like, uh, well, to that point, so my point there was try to make Jesus somebody that not only you see once a year on Facebook that it's their birthday, but that you get really amped up that it's their birthday because they are somebody who's so close to you and you want to celebrate with them. And not only that, you're really amped up because it's somebody that you know and you talk to very often, and you know that this is something special for them and they're going to celebrate it for you because they celebrate the special things with you too. Jesus does that. To your point, as far as, you know, that's on you, right? Um, Friendship is a two-way street. And the thing with Jesus is he is always reaching out. He, you know, he's like the left on red text that's always there because he's texting you 24-7. I think about if you know the image of the painting of the creation of man, 
and it's kind of God and Adam, and God's the old man, and he's reaching out reaching his arm out. towards Adam, and Adam is kind of laying on the ground, and his arm is extended out towards God. It's really crazy, um, and slipping my mind who actually painted it. might have been Michelangelo, and if I'm, it's not him, then I'm going to feel dumb. But That was going to be my guess. Granted, I only know a handful of painters, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. like I don't read. Somebody Google it quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he painted it very specifically and, and very um, creatively that God's hand and his fingers are fully extended, and Adam's hand oh, and arms are extended, but his fingers are curled just enough that if he did extend them totally, they'd be touching God's finger. And it's this idea that as created human beings, we always have the opportunity to extend our fingers fully and touch God and be in that close contact with him. It's just up to us to make the decision to do it. Um, so, I mean, this is just me encouraging anybody listening to this and myself in the future. Remember to, you know, get back in touch with Jesus because he's always reaching out to us. Always. And I think we all need reminders. I mean, a hundred percent, you know, I don't think the three of us sitting here don't, you know, we, I don't always have the perfect relationship with Jesus every single day, just because, you know, he has changed my life, has brought me, I feel like in a great direction in my life. But there are days that, you know, you fall short. And I think that's humanity. I mean, you want to talk about a selfish, a selfish reason why at least me, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I may be speaking for you. A selfish reason why this podcast, I was like, we were so, uh, you know, aggressive with it. And it's like, we got to start this now. We got to do this sooner than later. I get a two-week reminder to myself. Honestly, I get a two-week reminder to myself. It's like, all right, you're going to talk about it. What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? Like, like, what are you doing as a Catholic? And I get a two-week reminder at least. And so, you know, listen to the podcast so I can continue this reminder. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like this, this whole aspect of friendship. Like, there are, time, there are days where I'm, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. And I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who feel the same way. And it's, it's, it's the days that you haven't texted or called Jesus uh, like a true friend should. Right, yeah, um, and then there there are days that that we're all better. They're all that we're all better, and and we feel like we are close to them, and it's it's getting it's getting more better days than than not. I mean that's sure. that's the goal. So, um, you know, we, we've been we're running out of time. Not too much, but uh, I, I don't want to I don't want you to short this because this is probably the most important part. Um, but uh, suggestions, you know, if 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 you're talking to the listener now, and we're talking about. Create your friendship with Jesus, you know, if, if it's not there already, or strengthen your friendship with Jesus. What are some, some things that we can do in our own lives? We've mentioned a couple here, but are there any that come to mind right now? And uh, Jerry, I'm going to go to you first. Are there any that come to mind right now that can really either ignite or strengthen our friendship with God or Jesus? Yeah, well, I'm going to speak to the parents, I think, out there. And, and I think that they'll be able to strengthen their relationship with Jesus by doing this as well. But I think that if they start to even just talk about Jesus in their house and Jesus to their children as being a friend to their child and the ways that that can help their child grow and develop and the way that 
you know, by being friends with Jesus, what does that mean for you, little Sally, in your everyday life? How are you going to go off and go to school and treat other children at school better each day? Um, you know, how are you going to do something more meaningful around the house, let's say? And by doing that with your children, I feel like the parents will then begin to strengthen their own relationship and start to think about it for themselves as well. So it would be a really great parent activity and moment for them. And ultimately, I think it would fall back on helping their own, their own faith and their own relationship with, with God as well. I mean, it's, it's like that little reminder, right? That's like if, right. If you're, if you're telling your children something, now it's a reminder to yourself, am I... Am How I, am I doing yes, that today? exactly. You know, what am I doing when I'm at the grocery store? Am I, you know, helping the little old lady that dropped all her stuff all over the right. floor or, you know, whatever it is, you that know. you just told your children to help do. Yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah. and kids are great because they'll go off and do it. Right. And they'll answer your questions, you know. But maybe we challenge the children to turn around and ask their parents Right. What 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 are you doing? I don't you think know? I don't think Katie, my wife and I have said please or thank you as much as we have in the last four years since we have like toddlers now because we're constantly reminding them to say please and thank you. It's like, <laughs> but two minutes ago I literally didn't just say please to you. So yeah, but you're you're absolutely right, absolutely right. It's a, it's a nice reminder and it it reminds me of you know the way that that we're trying to parent Katie and myself is you know parents first and then and then friends next. You could be friends with your kids, but we want to be parents first 100%. and lay down the law. And and it, it makes me think about our relationship with Jesus because we want our children to respect us. And then I want them to be friends with us in that order because I don't think that we can truly have a friendship with Jesus unless we truly respect who he is and what he's done for us. Agreed. Right? Um, so, Sean, again, you know, what are some things that come to mind for you um, that can help us help us strengthen our our friendship. With so Jesus. one relationships one word. I, I'm thinking friendship. Right? Yeah. One practical thing I would do is um, if you're somebody who's looking to try to strengthen your your friendship and relationship with Christ a little bit, something just very practical that I think is helpful for a lot of things is write down one of the worst moments in your life. Write down what happened. Write down how you were feeling, and you can write it as a letter to Christ, or you can. Just try to write down the moments in, in retrospect where Christ might have been making himself present. Because, you know, he like, I, like we've all said, he's always there. And sometimes it takes a little uh, self-reflection to recognize it when he is. So that's one very practical thing. But just another encouragement that I'll offer that kind of comes out of Jerry's initial talking about her pre-Cana story. When they told, you know, the couple that she was working with told them, have the courage to develop a relationship with Christ so that you can, you know, work on having a strong marriage going forward. Courage is the start of every virtue. You need to have courage in order to approach trying to become a better person and a better Catholic and really just have courage to even approach the idea of trying to get to heaven through a holy life here on earth. So seek out courage and pray for courage. That's that's one of the biggest things I think that's probably the biggest thing that I could that I, I would recommend to anybody. Oh, that's awesome. Where did you get that write down 
whatever thing that that suggestion you have of writing down a darkest moment or something like that. So actually, I mean, there's there's psychologists that I follow um, through podcasts and social media, and that's one of the things that they recommend. And I knew it wasn't there's, you. Man. There's definitely. <laughs> I knew it wasn't you. <laughs> oh come on. No, I'm just I'm joking. But I was very I was actually it genuinely curious. It was all me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, you know, before we leave again. Sean and I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Jared. guys, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's great. Um, the, any... the best first guest we could have asked for. Exactly. Uh, any final words? <laughs> any final? Exactly. This is the bar. So, so here's I... the bar, and it can only go up from here. <laughs> well, anybody, anybody who's listening, I don't think they feel that way. You know, anybody well, who's listening, they're going to be on. And we'll, and we'll be so Jerry almost. You might hear it on the podcast, and we're Jerry almost just completely knocked over her glass of wine and we're going to put that on social media so make sure you check that out um but uh, before we leave jerry do you have any final words uh for the listeners out there you know i would just say again you know jesus is out there for for all of us um he's willing um, i know i feel like i've said it 10 times but he is willing to meet you where you're at take one day at a time and try to see Christ in your life and just wherever you feel comfortable, let him in, but maybe sometimes be uncomfortable and let him in as well. Absolutely. And can't, see how can't it say it enough times. Yes, yeah. yeah. honestly. Um, so again, to you listeners, thank you for joining us. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Uh, don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at Jester Parishioner. You can connect on Facebook facebook.com slash jesteparishioner. Um, every week we're going to be posting a question for you uh, on our Instagram story. And uh, actually the question that we're going to be asking you out there is, uh, what are the things that you're doing in your life to strengthen your friendship with Jesus? Again, keyword there, we talk about relationships with God and Jesus every single week, uh, but we're talking about how are you strengthening your friendship with Jesus. Uh, so we're going to be putting that on our Instagram and Facebook stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also do us a big favor. It's very big for um, podcasts that are just starting up. But if you're listening, give us a five-star rating and give us some comments in there. And, and we'd love to read them also. We'd love to hear your feedback. And finally, if you're someone who you someone you know would be a great uh, parishioner profile, or, or if you think that you've got a great story that you want to share, uh, shoot us an email at weareparishioners at gmail.com. So again, thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. God bless. I'm